Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Spring training is over. Tomorrow, I assume you'll be listening to this on Wednesday. So tomorrow is opening day. We have the full 162-game slate. And really, I mean, you know what this podcast is about. We're making the season predictions, uh, division winners, World Series winners, MVP winners. We got it all here uh, with me today to go over our picks, respectively. Noah McGrubley and Noah, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad to be back on here. It's been a while, but, you know, I'm glad to be talking baseball again on the podcast. Glad it's baseball season. Glad it's baseball season. Uh March Madness, Ratchin, wrapping up, uh, you know, that's the signal of opening day. That's what I feel like the national championship for March Madness always coincides with, like, the opening weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to we're gonna get through this. There's a lot. Let's start with the AL East, yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'll let you go first. So uh, I'll go, I guess I'll go five to one. So, or should I do one to five? Uh, do five to one. That, that works. Okay, yeah. So, in fifth place, I got the Orioles at 68-94. Um, you know, I just, it's going to kind of be a nothing season for the Orioles. I think their, their takeaways, you know, they want to see production from the young talent. And they maybe want to see some pitchers, you know, turn into some deadline pieces. That could be good for them. And there's not much happening there, and people kind of understand that. So, I'll move on from them pretty quickly. Before I got the Red Sox at 80 and 82, if their pitching can be average, they can be an average team because that lineup is very good. But, I mean, the pitching is a big question. And then you got Eduardo Rodriguez out early. I don't know how long that will go, but uh, I think they'll get sailed back later in the year. Bullpen's okay. Just need average pitching. Uh, I'm going to go Blue Jays 3 at uh, 86 and 76. I think that people don't realize their pitching staff is really bad and losing Kirby Yates, they lose a, I mean, they lose their closer. And I think with Kirby Yates, I would see them a little better, but as I kind of learned being an angels fan last year, not having a good closer, I mean, you blow saves. So you can be up three and you blow it and boom, you have a loss. So they're really going to feel that. And maybe at the deadline, they'll go and grab someone. Maybe they'll sign Shane Green. He's not necessarily a closer, but he's someone. But uh, the lineup, you don't need to explain it. It's an incredible lineup, adding George Springer. Really good. Um, so I got the Blue Jays in third in the AL East. Two, I got the Rays at 87 and 75. I think the Rays are expected to be, to have a down year. People are kind of, doubting the Rays, I guess you can say, and I can understand it, but ultimately it's the race. And I feel like they're just going to be able to work their magic. Really, really good pitching staff. I, I love their pitching staff. I think losing Anderson is tough for them, but I trust the Rays to win baseball games. I really do. I have them at 87 and 75. I think they'll really take advantage of the lack of Blue Jays pitching, the Red Sox being painfully average and the Orioles not being too good. And then in first place, 
uh, I got the Yankees. I think their biggest objective this season is to stay healthy. And when Luis Severino comes back later in the summer, you really want to see him sharp and you want to see him. You want to see what we used to see with Luis Severino. If they can have Severino back to his health, his healthy ways, that is a scary team. One of the best in baseball. So that's my, at least they got the Yankees taking it. Yeah. So for me, uh, at five in the AL East, I think, you know, most will be in agreement with this. Baltimore Orioles, I have them at 63 and 99. Not quite, not quite a 100 loss season. Uh, for each team, I kind of broke it down into starting pitching, bullpen, and the lineup. For this team, the starting pitching, they, they have a long way to go. John Means, probably their best starting pitcher. He's projected to have an ERA north of four. Something fun to watch, uh, right-hander Matt Harvey. He hasn't been the same since 2015. Noah can attest uh, with his time oh, with the man. Angels. But, you know, who's to say he can't regain that feel uh, of anything? It'll just be interesting to see the Dark Knight pitch more. Bullpen don't really have any big names. Paul Fry and Tanner Scott, the lefties, could have some sneaky success. The Orioles offense, they gladly welcome back their top hitter, Trey Mancini, who missed uh, all of 2020 battling cancer. Mancini's back. That's awesome. Ryan Mountcastle is going to have an opportunity to play his first full season. Michael Franco trying to recapture some of his success from 2015. Perhaps we see top prospect Adley Rutschman get his first taste of big league action this year, but I wouldn't expect it to be uh, in any meaningful situation. Ultimately for this uh, Baltimore team, it's already a winning season if Trey Mancini is out there and playing. That's a colossal victory in itself. They're building the farm system. They're doing it the right time. They're not there yet. We're just super excited to have Trey Mancini back. And then fourth in the division, I have the Boston Red Sox at 74 and 88. Alex Cora back at the helm after an abysmal, but predictable. For those who listened to the podcast and read the blog last year for my predictions, I wasn't high on the Red Sox at all. I said this. Uh, rotation last year was among the worst. They still won't have Chris Hill to begin the year. Nathan Eovaldi, he's not a frontline arm. Garrett Richards, he's solid when he's healthy, but it, he, you know, he's shown to be a little bit injury prone. Martin Perez or Martin Perez, he's average at best. A clean bill of health for sale and Eddie Rodriguez, those are essential for the rotation to be decent. Bullpen wise, they added Adam Adovino alongside Matt Barnes. Those are their top two relief options. Josh Taylor and Darwin's on Hernandez and some good lefties. Lineup still pretty good. They added Kike Hernandez as well as outfielders Hunter Renfro and Franchi Cordero, uh, both near and dear to my heart from San Diego. Xander Bogart still an elite hitter. JD Martinez, he's been an elite hitter outside of 2020. Rafael Devers, the guy's always hitting doubles. Uh, you know, perhaps they're a better lineup with a certain Mookie Bats, but the lineup isn't what's holding the Sox back. It's the pitching. And then third in the division. I have the Toronto Blue Jays at 83 and 79. I originally had them a couple more wins uh, above that, but as Noah kind of alluded to, I think their pitching, it's being overlooked how bad their pitching is. Uh, Hinjin Ryu, he's a proven ace, I think. You know we are getting from him, but the starting pitching from there, bad. Robbie Ray, he's as erratic as they come as a Padre fan who's faced them many times. You're not, you're not getting any consistency there. Tanner Roark, he's nothing more than an innings eater. Ross Stripling, he's a four or five starter kind of guy. 
If Steven Matz, the left-hander from the New York Mets, uh, if he can perform closer to his first full season in the bigs, he had a 3-4 ERA and 130 innings. Uh, that's going to go a long way, as well as right-hander Nate Pearson harnessing his elite, his elite fastball. He has great stuff. The rotation won't be quite as hard as I think it will be. But the bullpen is bad, uh, as Kirby Yates' injury leaves the Jays without a proven and trustworthy arm. Jordan Roman and Rafael Dolis, those are fine arms, but they'll have to improve the bullpen at the deadline to be a serious threat. And look, I mean, that was a lot of pessimism to throw out. The Blue Jays have an absolutely lethal lineup, and that's why they're here. They added star center fielder George Springer, who I absolutely love. You'll find out just how much I love him. Uh, they added bounce-back candidate infielder Marcus Simeon to a lineup that already has tons of powers with guys like Teoscar Hernandez, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and I, I think I speak for all of baseball that we need a full season of shortstop Bo Bichette. He's one of the best and most electric talents that the league has to offer. I buy the hype for the offense for the Blue Jays, but the pitching is just too dreadful to make the playoffs, in my opinion. Then we move into the top two. I have the Tampa Bay Rays, 88 and 74. That is good enough for a wild card spot. The reigning AL champs, they wheeled and dealed this offseason, but remain a viable contender. Rotation, they did lose Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, but they still have Tyler Glasnow atop the rotation. Ryan Yarbrough looking to take another step forward. Uh, they have some reclamation projects, Chris Archer, Michael Walker, as well as the ageless Rich Hill. Uh, they're AAA. Their pitching depth is ridiculous. They have former San Diego Padre Luis Patino, as well as Shane McClanahan, Brett Honeywell waiting in the wings. The bullpen, he definitely, you know, it was already shuffled around and losing Nick Anderson for a couple months. That's tough. But the Rays bullpen always performs. Someone's going to step up. I think a guy to look for there is Pete Fairbanks to fill Anderson's role, as well as you got Diego Castillo, Chaz Rowe, and Ryan Thompson as other quality arms. The lineup, it isn't sexy. It never really will be, but it get the, they get the job done, and they'll be very good if Randy Rosarina can even somewhat replicate his postseason success. And of course, you got first baseman G-Man Choi, fan favorite. He's a steady middle of the lineup presence. Austin Meadows can rake. Brandon Lau, he's been great the past two seasons. The one thing you can't rule out is the promotion of shortstop Wander Franco, the top prospect in all of baseball. If he, I mean, there's, he's number one on the list for a reason. He could have a big impact uh, if and when he's called out, called up. So the Rays, look, they're not all that on paper exactly. They lost a lot, but they've proven that they can perform without those big names. So you have those four. You know, number one, I got the Yankees. Uh, Rotation-wise, you got Garrett Cole. Uh, people, it felt like he had a down year when he casually had a sub-3 RA. I mean, that's what you get when you have the Yankees' expectations. Uh, you know, there's there's some question marks behind him. You have some bounce-back candidates, Corey Kluber, Domingo Herman, Jameson Tyone. Uh, Davey Garcia should get some innings as well as Luis Severino after he fully recovers from injury. Plenty of arms. It's a matter of guys stepping up and pitching to the potential. The bullpen for the Yankees, it's not quite as lethal in past years, but it's still good. Aroldis Chapman is still one of the most dominant relievers in baseball. Chad Green, he's a legit uh, high leverage option. Darren O'Day, uh, I love the guy. Sidewinder, one of the funkiest pitchers in baseball. Zach Britton and Justin Wilson need to get healthy. That'll be important for the bullpen. And this lineup, when it's healthy, I think it's the best in baseball. You know, Aaron Judge and John Carrillo Stanton being healthy, that's the key. Bringing back DJ LeMay, he was super important. He's probably been their best player over the last two years. 
Gary Sanchez hitting like it's 2016 or 2017 will be phenomenal. The key for this team is just navigating the injury bug. Luke Voigt already went down. Those pitchers already went down. Uh, but the talent's all there for the New York Yankees, so I have them winning the division. Uh, I don't remember if I said 96 and 66 for the New York Yankees. So I think we were in total agreement in terms of standings there. Yeah. AL Central. Uh, so in the AL Central, in fifth place, I've got the Tigers. Uh, not too much of a surprise there. Once again, kind of like the Orioles. Uh, I think what the Tigers are really looking for is success in Casey Mize. Uh, I think guys like Park Scooball are going to be up there. I don't know if I'm correct, but uh, I think, you know, that kind of, those kind of people. I like Gregory Soda, Soto in the bullpen. He's a decent piece. Uh, lineup, you know, it's all right. Jimer Candelario, he's pretty good. Um, maybe you can see someone like Robbie Grossman play his way into a trade deadline piece. I mean, with these teams like the Tigers, you're really looking for your young talent to play well and, you know, get guys to play well for trade deadline pieces. So Tigers 71 and 91, you know, they're going to be bottom of the pack, but I think they'll be a little better than people think they'll be. I'll go Royals uh, in fourth place at 78 and 84. I really like Brady Singer establishing himself as a very good pitcher in the MLB. I think he's really good. Um, I like their bullpen. I think their bullpen's underrated. They got Scott Barlow, uh, Josh Stamont or Stomont, and Greg Holland. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good trio. It's uh, pretty solid. I like Andrew Benatendi coming back. Uh, you know, a refresh for him, new place. You know, sometimes sometimes guys just need a new change. You know, a change of scene. Uh, a pretty. I mean, there's a lot of good pitching in that AL Central, so he'll be facing tough arms, but. Uh, I, I see him doing pretty well. Uh, three, I got the Indians at 83 and 79. I mean, you lost Lindor. That's tough. L losing Lindor, it, it's inexcusable. It's cheap ownership. It sucks. It sucks to see. But um, their pitching is very good. Shane Bieber, uh, Aaron Savali. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I always do this. I, I just forget people when I'm actually naming them. I got some stuff here. The bullpen's really good. James Karen, Jack. Uh, I think you got Phil Maton there. I don't know. Maton, yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, defensive questions. I mean, I don't think this is what they're going to do in the season, but I saw in spring training, they played Ahmed Rosario in center field. He had something like four errors. I know that's not a full-time experiment. It's just that, you know, I, I don't think he's too great with the glove at shortstop. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you lose Lindor, you're going to have it's, it, it sucks. It, basically, my point is it sucks that they lost Lindor. Uh, you know, 83 and 79, I think, again, this is kind of a trend. I think they'll be a little better than people think they are just because people are like, they lost Lindor, they lost Carrasco. Okay, they're going to fall off. They're still a solid team, Shane Bieber. Uh, you know, maybe, hopefully he gets out of there soon because it's kind of, a, you know, Cleveland, just a bad place. Uh, I got the Twins in second. Um, Kind of the first, I guess you can say, not bold pick, but the first pick I had to think about. I have them at 89 and 73. I think that Kenta Maeda is going to have a fall off. He's He was unbelievably, he was very good last year, but I just, I don't think he can sustain it. They asked me questions in the outfield, specifically, I believe, left field. I don't know if they have a clear left fielder 
in mind. I think they're going to go with Brent Rooker. But, I mean, there's, you know, there's some questions out there. Can Jose Barrios find a strike zone? He's had control issues, it seems like, the whole time he's been up. Uh, you know, struggles to throw a strike sometimes, and that can really suck. He's, he's got some really good stuff, but, you, you know, you really want to see him lock in, find the strike zone. He can be really good. Uh, Colome and Rogers, it's a, it's a wonderful bullpen duo. I mean, you know, back half of that bullpen is really good. Is it enough to carry the load losing Trevor May? That's a big question there. And in first place, I got the White Sox at 91 and 71. I just think they have a slightly better lineup and rotation than the Twins, even with the loss of Eloy. I think I've seen they're going to go with Andrew Vaughn in left field. That will be interesting defensively, but if his bat can, you know, if he can lock in there, he'll be he'll be pretty good, I think, with the bat. Maybe a rookie of the year candidate. We'll see later. But uh, it, it's tough, but you got replacements. And the White Sox bullpen is unbelievable. I mean, the bullpen, their bullpen is incredible. Uh, pretty solid rotation. I think Lance Lynn's going to have a bit of a fall off, but nonetheless, you're looking at a pretty good rotation. Giolito, he's, you know, lights out. Really good. Uh, I'm excited to watch them open against the Angels on Thursday. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to – I want to say this before I forget. The one thing you got to think about is, I mean, Andrew Vaughn, he's a natural first baseman, but I just know I'm watching Eloy, Eloy play left field. There's no way that anyone can be worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know he's a natural first baseman, but the team says they're going to go with it, and I think it's going to be – you know, it's going to be similar defense because exactly. they're both – Like, yeah. there's no way he can be a worse defender than Eloy. Yeah. Um, uh, similar at the bottom, I got the De the Detroit Tigers. I have them winning 67 games, losing 95. Uh, there's a path to success on the horizon, but the Tigers, they're looking at 2021 as another developmental year. Their uh, quote-unquote ace lefty, Matt Boyd, he looked lost in 2020, totally tanked his trade value. They brought in Julio Tehran and Jose uh, Urena to, you know, kind of just fill the rotation. Then they got the youngsters, Tark Scooball and Casey Mize. Both had up and down debuts in 2021, but or in 2020 rather. Uh, in 2021, Detroit hopes that they can iron some of those issues out and uh, find some consistency. Bullpen, not a lot to look at, except former rookie of the year, Michael Fulmer. He's had a large fall from grace after Tommy John. That's something to maybe look for. Lineup full of guys that are going to jumpstart their career, maybe get flipped at the deadline, like Nomar Mazzara, Wilson Ramos, and Jonathan Scope. Miggy, he's still around. He might be on his last leg, struggle, struggles to stay healthy, still there. The intrigue is there in the rotation. I think a group that could soon be the class of baseball if they develop right. But as a whole, 2021 is not their year, and they have a ways to go. Then uh, I have the Kansas City Royals, who I, I really do like the Kansas City Royals. Uh, I have them winning. I only have them winning 76 games. I don't think they're necessarily that much better than that, but I really love what they did this offseason uh, outside of the Salvador Perez extension because there's no reason not to be competitive. You know, you can you can make those little moves. You don't have to spend $300 million on a guy, but you you can spend a little bit of money to be competitive and foster a better environment. Uh, rotation, not stellar. You mentioned Brady Singer. I'm a big fan of his. I think he can emerge as that clear top option. Mike Miner, homecoming, trying to spark a revival. Bullpen, it, it's sneaky good. It won't be necessarily phenomenal, but they got – I'm a big fan of Josh Stomont, and they have two former Kansas City legends uh, on their second stint in Wade Davis and Greg Holland. 
lineup, not bad at all. Andrew Benintendi and Carlos Santana, two really good additions. Joining Whit Merrifield, Jorge Soler, Hunter Dozier. That's a formidable offense. Adalberto Mondesi has to improve at the plate, but they'll always have that value with his speed on the base pass. So Kansas City, I don't think they're going to make any you know noise this year, but they'll be plenty respectable. And then third, I also have the Cleveland Indians at 84 and 78. And it's just sad because if Cleveland's owners were willing to retain their top talent and just spend a little bit, these guys could be total World Series contenders. I mean, they were they were right there uh, on the cusp of a World Series title. But as they are, I have them firmly in third place for the AL Central. Even after they've traded uh, all these high-end pitchers over the last few years, the rotation's still good. They got Shane Bieber. He had another worldly 2020. They have Zach Plezak, Tristan McKenzie, Aaron Savale as reinforcements. Uh, two former Padres, Logan Allen, Cal Quantrill, fighting for that final rotation spot, likely. Uh, that'll be a storyline to watch. Uh, bullpen, hard to project. James Karinczak, he's a stud. Uh, Emmanuel Classe, he has limitless potential. Uh, Oliver Press, he doesn't age. Past them, it'll be interesting to see how the pen performs. I will say that if I was uh, a part of Cleveland's ownership or uh, a decision maker, I would definitely call up friend of the podcast, Ben Krauth, uh, to serve as a lefty arm. Uh, to the lineup, though, shipping off Francisco Lindor, that hurts mightily. They still have Jose Ramirez at third base for now. After him, though, there's little consistency. Eddie Rosario looks to bounce back. And then you have guys like Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, looking to prove a lot at the, big, at the big league level. Pitching there is playoff caliber, but I think this shapes to be a below average lineup, which will hold them back. And then these top two I really went back and forth on. And it's unfortunate I, I don't enjoy agreeing, but I do have the Minnesota Twins in second. And I, don't get it twisted. I mean, this was hard. I'm a big fan of this Twins team. The rotation, it's not their strongest suit. They have Kenta Maeda coming off a career year. We'll see how that plays in a full season. Jose Barrios, he feel, it feels like he's been destined for a breakout at some point, you know, ever since, you know, his first couple of years in the league. You have some high upside, high risk arms, Michael Pineda, Matt Shoemaker, uh, and the lefty J.A. Happ. Trevor May, he left Minnesota, bolted for New York, but they added Alex Colomay. They returned Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, uh, swingman Randy Dobnak, who signed a weird extension last week. The bullpen's solid, though. Uh, the lineup is the bread and butter for this team, though. They got the ageless DH, Nelson Cruz, third baseman masher, Josh, the bringer of Rain Donaldson, and uh, as well as MLB The Show and real-life legend uh, Miguel Sano. Outfield, they got rid of Eddie Rosario, but they still have world-class athlete Byron Buxton, the German masher Max Kepler. Uh, left field, I'm interested to see where they start the year off with, but they do have top prospect Alex Kirloff waiting in the wings. And I think a, an under-the-radar move that shouldn't be overlooked is getting Andrelton Simmons at shortstop. Brings much-needed defense at the sixth spot on defense. Uh, because really, you got a solid defensive side there with him and Donaldson. I think that makes up for Jorge Polanco being a below-average defender at short. So they have their postseason woes, but we're not there yet. This ball club can hit with the best of them, I think, 90 wins and a wild card berth. Then, I mean, again, by process of elimination, the Chicago White Sox winning the AL Central at 94-68. and 68. White Sox, they returned to the playoffs in 2020. They weren't happy with the first-round exit. Uh, they made moves this offseason. Uh, the rotation, they have Lucas Giolito added. Lance Lynn, I think he's a good number two. 
I don't know if he is, you know, quite the level of pitcher, you know, that his past two seasons have indicated, but in a full season like this, his innings are going to be crucial. Dallas Keuchel is not a Cy Young caliber pitcher anymore, but he's still effective. And then you got Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon, the back of the rotation kind of toss up. Bullpen that was good in 2020 gets even better in 2021. They add Liam Hendricks. Uh, they should get full seasons from flamethrowers, Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet. Lineup, it's going to hurt without Eloy for the majority of the season. Uh, how they replace them, like you said, possibly Andrew Vaughn, something to look for. But they have the depth to get by. Jose Abreu, the reigning Yale MVP. Ismani Grandal, one of the best catchers in baseball. Luis Robert, or uh, I guess it's Luis Robert, technically it doesn't sound right, but uh, he showed promise during his rookie season. Nick Modrigal, he's a viable AL Rookie of the Year candidate, hint, hint. Uh, and if Tim Anderson walks a little more, if Yohan Moncada plays like he did in 2019 as opposed to 2020, sky's the limit for this team. So I'd definitely watch out for the Chai Sox in 2021. And now we move on to what I would call Noah's division, the <laughs> AL West. Um, well, starting with the AL West, it's uh, going to be the Rangers in fifth place at 66 and 96. I think that they are potentially one of the, well, not potentially, they are one of the worst teams in baseball and potentially the worst team in baseball. But I mean, you have Joey Gallo, Isaiah Kiner, Falefa. And after that, it's just a whole lot of question marks. And, uh, you know, I, I know the rotation's got a Fulton Awich, Kyle Gibson. It's an okay rotation, but, you know, when those are your headliners, and you, you're not that good, and uh, the lineup's going to give them no run support. Just talking about a bad team here, you know. Lost Lynn, LeClerc's out with Tommy John. It's just, it's, it's a bad team. It, it's a bad team. So we'll move on from them quickly, and we'll head to the uh, fourth spot, and I'll go Mariners at 74 and 88. Uh, I, I love the young talent. I mean, you know, the whole controversy in February saying they're going to, you know, service time manipulation, Kellenic not starting near with the club, little disappointing, you know, he, I mean, he's going to, he's going to destroy my angels in the coming years, but, you know, I really wanted to see him up there. He's a, he's a good ball player. Anyway, good young talent. Um, really like Dylan Moore in that lineup. Rotation, you're looking at Marco Gonzalez. He's a good ace after that. A little bit of question marks. Um, you know, not much going on in the bullpen. They signed Ken Giles. He's not going to pitch this year. It's kind of, you know, a decent offseason for them. Really like Dylan Moore. Kyle Seeger's not that great. I think Evan White could have a really good year. He was all right last year. Really good defender at first base. Um, Premier Glove. Uh, you know, it's going to be a very below average team, fourth place, decent division. Uh, so they'll get a few wins off, you know, pitching like the Angels and not being too good. Yeah. Uh, in third place, we'll go the A's at 79 and 83. Uh, I think every year everyone kind of thinks, okay, maybe this is the year the A's slow down and they don't. So I'm predicting this slowdown, but they probably won't because the A's find a way to win similar to the Rays. And um, I think the lineup is painfully average. Uh, Matt Chapman is very good. He is very good. Matt Olson is very good. Ramon Lariano is very good. Mark Cannon is very good. But I think their opening day second baseman is going to be Jed Lowry or maybe Tony Kemp. That's not that great. 
you replace Marcus Simeon with Elvis Andrews. Uh, Elvis Andrews is okay, but he's he's not that great. And uh, you know, I like the Trevor Trevor Rosenthal ad. That's good for the pen. Uh, Chris Bassett is your opening day starter, I believe. I mean, I think when people hear the name Chris Bassett, they don't think that he's too great. He's pretty good. He's sneaky underrated. Uh, it's it's a very average rotation. A lot of a lot of three four starters throughout the whole rotation. Not a pure ace, but that's all right. Maybe Jesus Lazardo will break out, really prove himself. But uh, I got the A's in third place. I just think it's going to be a very slow year for them. So 79 and 83. And in second place, uh, you know, really want to see him win the division, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to go the Angels. I mean, I could sit here and talk about them for an hour, so I'll try to keep it short. I think the lineup is incredible. You know, I, I mean, David Fletcher got him leading off. Then you go to Otani, Trout, Rendon, Upton. It's a lethal lineup. Uh, lost Andrews and Simmons, but replaced him with Jose Iglesias, who's a better bat, slightly less better with the glove, but, you know, you lose the glove, you get some bat, is what it is. Uh, the Angels just recently bulked up on their bullpen. I had a lot of question about our bullpen, but, you know, we got Steve Ciszek, Tony Watson, Chris Rodriguez made the team. It's going to be on our right bullpen. Uh, kind of similar to the A's, a lot of three, four starters in the rotation. It's all right. Uh, Dylan Bundy, the opening day starter. I mean, if I keep talking, I'm going to get excited about the Angels, so I'll kind of wrap it up here. I got them uh, second in the division, 85 and 77. Uh, just missing a playoff spot, I believe, which it's sad, but, you know, we'll get there. And in first place, I got the Astros at 88 and 74. Don't like it, but it is what it is. Uh, I don't like it as a fan. I mean, uh, the pitching staff. Losing Frimber Valdez uh, is not that great. Losing Justin, Ver I mean, they knew Verlander was going to be out. Not having Verlander is also not too great for the team. So they were play, you know, they got Jake Odorizzi. I think he's painfully average, but he's a he's a fine re uh, replacement to Frimber Valdez. The lineup is going to feast on the pitching in the division. I mean, the AL West is all right, but it the pitching is it's it's not good. And I think that lineup is really going to take advantage of that. I like a Kyle Tucker breakout. I think Kyle Tucker is a dark horse MVP candidate. I think they get Jordan Alvarez back. I think they're yeah. they're going to be yeah they're they're going to be a good team. They're people hate on them. It's easy to hate on them. They're cheaters. But at the end of the day, a non biased perspective, I think they're gonna they're gonna get back up there. They're going to be a good team. They're going to win the division. I mean, not to spoil my picks for this division, but I'm, I don't know how I feel about our American League being essentially a hand-in-hand. -hand. We'll, we'll definitely at some point come to some kind of a disagreement. But uh, bottom of the AL West, the Texas Rangers, they were bad in 2020. It's going to get worse in 2021. Long story short, if you didn't want to give up a 3-0 home run, don't throw it down the middle. Uh, the rotation, they bid farewell to Lance Lynn. They... Got back, promising right-hander Dan Dunning, but they have inconsistent guys, Cal Gibson, Mike, uh, Mike Fultonerich, who, fun fact, I spelled his name correctly the first try, so go me. And then not really much else. Bullpen isn't going to have Jose Leclerc. He's getting Tommy John. You're going to have to rely on guys like Ian Kennedy and Matt Bush. Yes, that Matt Bush in high-leverage situations. Offensively, they got the three true outcomes. King, Joey Gallo, he's looking to bounce back from a weird 2020 
They have outfielder David Dahl, who they got. He was non-tendered by the Rockies. He's trying to regain his stroke. Past those two, I mean, Willie Calhoun, he was once a de- decently touted prospect. I'd say Kiner Falefa, he's a gold glover. But, like, enjoy the new stadium and its amenities because I, the product on the field is not going to be too pleasing at all. Then uh, fourth place, Mariners, by all accounts, I think that 27-33 and 33 record was a successful year for the Mariners in 2020. Rotation, good mix of, uh, you know, solid veterans, Marco Gonzalez, James Paxton, as well as youngsters like Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn. Then, of course, you got the crafty lefty, you say Kikuchi, somewhere in between. Uh, high upside, low floor kind of group. It'll be interesting to see how they perform. Bullpen, they lost this. I guess this was at the deadline, but they lost that trio of Dan Altavilla, Taylor Williams, and Austin Adams at the deadline. And as it stands, the group, it's pretty bare, at least for 2021. Uh, Rafael Montero, he's expected to be one of their top relievers. He and he hasn't been good good at all in spring training. That's not the kind of thing you want to see that inspires confidence. Uh, lineup wise, they got third baseman Corey Seager. He's been that or Corey Kyle Seager. He's been the mainstay in the lineup. Looking for veteran outfielder Mitch Haniger uh, to have a little bit of a bounce back. Then you got young guys. You got the 2020 AL rookie of the year Kyle Lewis, uh, former San Diego Padre prospect Taylor Trammell was called up. Uh, he'll be on the opening day roster. Former Padre Ty France has been raking in spring training, and you mentioned first baseman Evan White could uh, have a bounce-back second season. J.P. Crawford at shortstop and the aforementioned Taylor Trammell, I think those are two guys you really got to look at for this season. Uh, They've had their fair share of hype at different moments. They've struggled at different points. You know, Crawford more so in the big leagues, Trammell double-A in the minors. You got superstar prospects, uh, Jared Kelenic and Julio Rodriguez on the horizon. It's definitely a bright future for the Seattle Mariners, but the time isn't now for them. Then third place, the Oakland Athletics. You hit the nail on the head. The A's will probably exceed these expectations. Like, they always find a way to do. But I really don't see the greatness in this team. I really don't. The hype around the rotation, I don't get it. Uh, right-hander Chris Bassett, he's been good, but he's not really a true ace. Uh, Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya, their careers have been plagued by inconsistencies, various reasons. I like the stuff that left-hander Jose Lazardo has, but this rotation as a whole really shouldn't be talked about like it's tears above the angels. Uh, bullpen, on the other hand, phenomenal. They lose Liam Hendricks, it's unfortunate, but Trevor Rosenthal should be, should fill that void very fairly. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if every regular in this bullpen has a sub four ERA. Because when you have guys like Lou Trevino and Adam Kalarik is, you know, low on the totem pole of the bullpen, you know you have a great bullpen. And then lineup-wise, you know, it's it's inconsistent. Corner infielders, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, both elite defenders but they and good hitters overall, but they have their shortcomings. They both strike out way too much and have to find some level of consistency to be those top bats. Uh, the acquisition of Elvis Andrews, that was a total head scratcher. He hasn't begun years, kind of just clogs lineups. And for all my negativity here, I will say I'm super high on catcher Sean Murphy. I think he is going to be one of the best backstops in the game soon. So also I think outfielder Mark Hanna is severely underrated. Each of them, they have the ability to be in the upper echelon of their respective positions. And I mean, I think you could say that really about almost all of this A's lineup. 
They'll find a way to somehow exceed these expectations, but I'm wary to pull the trigger for the A's. That leads me to the Angels at number two. I don't know if I've been saying records. I had uh, Texas Rangers at 66 wins, Mariners at 75, A's at 83. I think I was forgetting that. Angels, I have an 84 and 70, just a hair above the A's. Uh, it's been too long since Mike Trout's been in the postseason. As a fan of baseball, you have to be rooting for the Angels to do well. And what it comes down to the team itself, it's a talented bunch that simply underperformed as of late. Rotation, they still lack that true ace they've been yearning for. But Dylan Bundy, he's transformed into a good pitcher. Uh, right-hander Griffin Canning has front-of-the-line stuff. Uh, lefties Jose Quintana and Andrew Heaney, they're both serviceable. And then, I mean, they're Shohei Otani. If Otani can recapture success from 2018, this is this is a solid rotation. My primary concern for the Angels, which, might, you know, I feel better with the signings of Steve Ciszek and Tony Watson, but the bullpen remains, you know, a big question. They added Rysel Iglesias and Alex Claudio from the NL Central. Uh, but it's just, they're still not... It's still a little there. Uh, I, I wrote in this that I'd love to see Paramount and try to add Shane Green to bolster the pen. Uh, they got Steve Ciszek and Tony Watson to kind of do that. I like those moves, but it's just it's still not 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 a strong suit for the Angels. And the lineup, that's not the issue. Uh, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, those are prime MVP candidates. David Fletcher, elite contact hitter. We got upside at first base, got Jared Walsh. He had a nice little rookie year. Catcher Max Stassi was having a little mini breakout. Jose Iglesias, he's a slight defensive downgrade at shortstop for the Halos. He's still a phenomenal defensive player, though. Don't get it wrong. Uh, but he could be a big upgrade at the dish if he performs similar to his 2020 output. Shohei Otani has been lighting up spring training as a hitter as well. I really am chalking up the 2020 uh, troubles of the plate as a fluke and expect closer to 2018-2019 numbers for the two-way phenom. So I expect the Angels, I think they're going to be active at the deadline in some in some way. Maybe that's adding another starting pitcher. Uh, you know, maybe it's just low-tier moves to get more arms. Maybe they go somewhere big. I don't know. Maybe they look at a guy like a Herman Marquez. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not there yet to say what it is. When it comes down to it, the bullpen closing games is what is going to determine the fate of this Halos team. And, I mean, I, I feel – I feel weird talking about, you know, I think I brought on Noah. It's his team. I feel weird talking about hey, it. You, you were, you're correct in almost all you said. I, I, I'd i like Sonny Gray, Herman Marquez, Deadline, those kind of guys. That's shooting big, but, you know. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, even with that, that's not – I'm trying to think. I don't think either of us even really mentioned uh, – they have some talented young outfielders, Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, who we'll see if they're – if they can make, you know, make an impact on the season this year. Maybe. Yeah. They're moved at the deadline, something like that. As an Angel fan, uh, I'd say they need another year, both of them. They're close, but I, I Dell can maybe come up. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on before yeah. we talk about the Angels whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, we could do a whole Angels Padres podcast. Uh, top of the AL West, I have the Houston Astros at 94 and 68. Hate them all you want. They're a great, great, great ball club. 2020 was uneven, but they were a single game away from another World Series berth. Rotation-wise, loss of Justin Verlander for the entire season hurts, as does the injury to Fromber Valdez. But they do have some depth to their rotation. Zach Ranke, he's a steady force. Lance McCullers, his phenomenal stuff. They got younger guys like Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy who have shown potential. I think Jake Oder is he's really the wild card. If he's in shape and throw him well, I think their rotation will be fine. 
bullpen not as locked down as previous years. They don't have that healthy Roberto Osuna and others. But Ryan Presley has stepped up to, as a quality late inning reliever, and there are plenty of arms that someone will break through. Uh, offensively, you lose a player like George Springer, it hurts. But if there's any team that I think uh, can mitigate the loss to the Astros, they have the lineup depth to make do with his departure. Because basically, I mean, the whole lineup slumped during the 2020 regular season, it felt. But they got star power in Jose Altuve, uh, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Michael Brantley, the return of Jordan Alvarez, mix in former top prospect Kyle Tucker. Really good lineup, still a really good team. I think that lineup is going to be able to take advantage of weak pitching in the AOS. So they uh, are my team to win the division. And then we'll move on to what I would call my league, the National League, starting with the East. Um, so starting with the NL East, uh, I got the Marlins in fifth place. Um, they're, they're a good team. I really do think they're a good team. But unfortunately, which will be the trend of most, most of these teams in the NL East, there is just better teams than them in this division. It is a tough division. It's a gauntlet division. And um, I, I, I do like Marlins. I think that Sixto Sanchez honestly can emerge as an ace this year. Was incredible in the playoffs. Um, I think Starling Marte is going to regress a little bit. Uh, the lineup is probably not going to hit as well as it did last year. You know, last year, the 60 game season made the playoffs, beat the Cubs in the wildcard series. Uh, I really like the signing of Adam Duvall. I think it was at a one year, $3.5 million. That's some value. You're, you're getting some value there with Adam Duvall. Um, you know, the Marlins, uh, they're going to be solid. I think maybe they could be more around the 500 range in a different division, but I, I don't see it in the end at least. I think 71 and 91 is fair for them. Uh, they're going to be all right. Um, but uh, we'll move on to the Phillies, who I have at in uh, fourth place at 78 and 84. And um, I think that the Phillies really need to see someone like Reese Hoskins perform at an above average level to have a chance at you know, going on a wild card run, because I don't think you're going to, you're not going to win the division as the Phillies. Their pitching is simply not good enough. The rotation is good with, you know, you got Nola, Wheeler, Eflin. That's a good three. Um, they slowly rebuilt their bullpen with Bradley and Alvarado, but the roster is not good enough to be able to win the division. So really what they want to see is they want to, they want to go on a wild card run and, you know, maybe they can make the wild card, but, uh, me, I see him below 500, 78 and 84. Um, moving on to third place, I got the Nationals at 81 and 81. Um, a good a good rotation, very good rotation. You got, what, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. Uh, I think Scherzer is going to have a little bit of regression. I, I uh, know we've talked about this for a few years now. I'm just baseball fans in general. Is Max Scherzer going to regress? When's it going to happen? I think we see a little bit of it this year. We saw a little bit of it last year. I think it will be visible again this year. Not, not to take away from him. I think he's going to be a very good starting pitcher. I just think we're going to see a little regression. Strasburg is still going to be very good. Corbin's going to be solid. Still going to be a very, very good rotation. Maybe, you know, one of the best in the bigs. But uh, uh, and then Brad Hand, 
you know, they added him in the bullpen. That's a good ad. I like that ad. Brad Hand was very good last year. I think he pitched 19 innings without allowing a single home run, something like that. Uh, limits the home run ball. That's important. Uh, you know, you need a lockdown bullpen uh, to go far. And I like the Nationals. Uh, I mean, Juan Soto, there's not, I mean, he, you don't really need to explain Juan Soto. He's, he's incredible. Um, I really like the addition of Josh Bell. He, he should, you know, I, I like, I like seeing him. Uh, he's going to return to form. I think what was that 2019 with Pittsburgh, maybe 2018. He's going to be very good. Uh, it's an unfortunate third base situation, you know, losing Anthony Rodone two years ago. Carter Keyboom just was not good in spring training. And ultimately I think the job went to, uh, I, I don't remember who the job went to, but he lost the job, and that's that's tough. You know, that's something they don't like to see. They thought maybe he would be the Rendon replacement right away, and he he stalled out. Um, so that'll they'll be an interesting team. They'll be an interesting team. They have the potential to possibly win the division. Honestly, I just don't I don't see it. But uh, if Soto, you know, Soto keeps if Soto hits like we think he can, the rotation. You know, they could be really, really good uh, coming off a World Series two years ago. People f- seem to forget that. Um, in second place, I got the Mets at 87 and 75. Uh, if they, you know, they need to stay healthy. If the Mets can stay healthy and kind of break through the quote unquote Mets curse, uh, they are going to be, you know, division contenders. Definitely a wild card team. You got the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, you had Trevor May to a good bullpen. Edwin Diaz poised for a bounce back. Uh, Pete Alonso probably going to bounce back a little bit. Uh, I, I like them. You know, you added Lindor. You don't really have to explain that. He's incredible. Uh, they're going to be a good team. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll keep it short with them. They're going to be very good. And then I got the Braves in first place. Uh, I just think it's a better lineup than the Mets. I think it's a better bullpen. Uh, they're they're going to be good, uh, you know. They're pr- if you put them somewhere like the AL West, they might be in a hundred win team. But unfortunately, having to play in the NL East, they'll probably be more about ninety one and seventy one. I think that they can come out of division and surprise in the playoffs. We'll get to that later. But uh, I really like their bullpen. You know, you got what Chris Martin, Will Smith, AJ Minter, Tyler Matzek. Very very good bullpen. I like them to win the division NL East. Well, we're going. I think we're going a little chalk again. Uh, fifth place, definitely. I would probably say the best fifth place team across the league. That's the Miami Marlins, who I have at seventy three and eighty nine. They had a miraculous postseason run in twenty twenty. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. They have a talented young rotation: Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Sixto Sanchez. Uh, Bullpen, no standout names exactly, but a number of those guys can get it done. Uh, former A, John Curtis. They got Dylan Floro, Anthony Bass. No superstars in the lineup. Starling Marte, though, he's gotten it done consistently during his time in the bigs. I like the addition of Adam Duvall, who was let go by Atlanta this offseason. Going to have a shot to prove that he's an everyday player. They need young catcher Jorge Alfaro to prove himself, to keep his job. Jazz Chisholm, he's going to have an opportunity to be the everyday second baseman. Uh, positive future outlook for the Marlins, but I, I, the division, it's stacked. Look, they got it done last year. 
But in a full 162-game season, I think they'll be in the cellar. Then you got the Phillies. Phillies haven't made the postseason since 2011. I think it'll be pretty tough to get back there this year. Top of the rotation with Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. It's a good one-two punch. But behind them, Zach Eflin, Matt Moore, Vince Velasquez, all those other starting pitcher candidates, they, they got question marks about their performance. Bullpen was horrendous in 2020, like it can't get worse. They made conscious efforts to improve that. I like Archie Bradley. I like Jose Alvarado's additions. I don't think this bullpen will be in the same sentence as one of the best, but it'll be more serviceable. Lineup, outfielder Bryce Harper, catcher JT Romuto. Those are the first guys you kind of think of in that Philly offense. Don't sleep on third baseman Alec Bohm, though. Another productive year from Bohm. Continued improvement from Reese Hoskins at first base. Some production from an outfielder not named Bryce Harper. All those things are really important and are going to have to happen for them to make a run. Possible, but I don't think the Phillies have the pitching to make it out of the NL East, which moves me on to the third-place team. I had the Phillies at 77-85. I keep forgetting to do that. Uh, then in third, I got the Washington Nationals at 82-80. and 80. They are technically the defending 162-game season champs. Uh, Nationals, a little bit of a title hangover in 2020. Rotation still talented, but they have questions. Max Scherzer, their ace, coming off a down year, at least for his standards. Steven Strasburg battled the injury bug. Tim, Cor- Tim Corbin, not a, not Tim Corbin, a Vanderbilt. Patrick Corbin, uh, left-hander, he was a bit iffy in 2020. They all have positive track records that make me believe that they'll bounce back. They have a left-hander veteran, John Lester, as well as maybe Joe Ross for that fifth rotation spot. Bullpen vastly improved from their title run. They had, they added Brad Miller. Uh, they got Will Harris last year, but in terms of from the title run, they're getting strong improvements from a guy like Tina Rainey. The lineup, they never truly replaced third baseman Anthony Rendon, like you mentioned, but this offseason they added Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber to the equation. Outfielder Juan Soto, I mean, he's leading MVP, or is a leading MVP candidate, hint, hint. Uh, and shortstop Trey Turner, he's one of the best middle infielders in the sport. And big contributions from Bell and or Schwarber would go a long way in Washington's hunt for a playoff spot. Different division, I think the Nationals would be much more well-suited to win 90-plus games. But in the gauntlet that is the NLEs, I have them outside looking at. And then second place, meet the Mets, greet the Mets, come along. Beat the Mets 72 times. I have the Mets at 90 and 72 with a wild card berth. Uh, one of the big offseason winners. Uh, the Mets, they have to translate that success to the regular season. The offseason winners do not equal regular season winners. Uh, starting rotation, even with its injuries, top tier unit. Jacob deGrom, best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion. Marcus Stroman, he's a formidable two for the time being. Taiwan Walker, an intriguing middle of the rotation guy. Uh, lefties, Joey Lucchese, David Peterson, those are serviceable arms. Bring back righties, Carlos Carrasco, and Noah Syndergaard from injuries, and you have a super deep rotation. Bullpen, they're not going to have Seth Lugo to begin, but they added Trevor May from Minnesota for high leverage situations. They still have Edwin Diaz to close, who is possibly the most overhated player in the MLB. Lineup-wise, a good group got better when you add Francisco Lindor and James McCann. Michael Conforto, one of my personal favorite players in baseball, prettiest swing in, in, in the whole land. He's entering a contract year. Expect big things from him. You have the former NL Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonzo. He, he needs to get back on track after a disappointing 2020. 
Uh, incredibly balanced lineups with sluggers like Alonzo, then you got a hit machine like Jeff McNeil. I'd expect a big year across the board for the New York lineup. Mets, they have the makeup of a championship caliber team. It's a matter of the bullpen performing and overcoming the curse that kind of comes with them being, you know, the Mets. So then NL East champions, I have the Atlanta Braves. I've met 98 wins. It might be a little steep considering some of the cannibalization of the East, but I, I like them. I think uh, they've, look, they've won three straight division titles. The rotation, it was barren. The NLCS product of injuries, limited depth. They went into free agency. They got uh, Charlie Morton, Chuck Morton. You know, if you've listened to anything, you know, I love Charlie Morton as well as lefty Drew Smiley. Those two, they joined budding stars, Max Fried and Ian Anderson. And hopefully Mike Sirocco will hopefully be returning to the mound around May-ish following his Achilles injury. Bullpen, it's not phenomenal. They let Mark Melanson come to San Diego. Shane Green sell on the market. Not awful, though. Will Smith, reliable back-end option. Other lefties, A.J. Minter, Tyler Matzik. Chris Martin coming off a good 2020. Uh, not, you know, keeping that success would go a long way. And the offense, I mean, loaded with stars. You have Ronald Acuna Jr. You have the reigning MVP, Freddie Freeman. You have brought back Marcelo Zuna. Second baseman, Ozzy Albis, he's coming off a tough season. Still one of the best second basemen in the league, key member of the team. And don't sleep on a former number one overall pick, Dansby Swanson, their longtime Mets catcher, Travis Darno, who both had breakout years in 2020. I like the Braves, NL East. I think the NL Central is where we might actually start to have some uh, different opinions, so we'll go there. Uh, fifth place where I don't think there will be a different opinion is the Pirates, uh, 61 and 101. They are not going to be good. Um, I guess their biggest hope is Cabrian Hayes uh, merging as a star. Uh, Jacob Stallings may be carrying his solid 2020 into 2021. Um, Richard Rodriguez, not many people know him, but uh, he could be a good deadline piece for them. It could get them a, a you know, a solid haul back. Uh, so maybe they hope he pitches well so they can inevitably trade him. You know, it's, it's a sad reality with these fifth place teams, but, you know, they're kind of hoping these guys play good so then they can trade them. You know, it's just, it's just baseball. Um, so I got the Pirates in fifth, uh, pretty simple with the Pirates in fourth place where four to one is a pretty tight race in this division. I think you can go honestly any way with this, but the way that I'm going is the Reds in fourth place, 76 and 86. And, um, I still think that the rotation is good there. Uh, losing Bauer is tough, but you still have, you know, the phenomenal Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, um, and then others. Um, the bullpen is it, it's pretty it's pretty solid. You got Amir Garrett, uh, Lucas Sims. Um, then they brought in Sean Doolittle, I believe. Uh, I like that pickup. I they got him pretty cheap. I think he could really he could you know I guess bounce back. Wasn't too great last year with Washington, and um, the lineup is pretty good. I think Nick Castellanos is going to be very good. Uh, he's going to carry his, his, I guess, his early 2020 season success into 2021. I love his bat. You know, that ballpark doesn't hold many balls. I think he'll, he'll get him out. Uh, Nick Castellanos probably about 30 to 40 home runs a year. Uh, this year, I mean, I, I really like Nick Castellanos for this year, uh, but I'll move on from the Reds and my Nick Castellanos love. 
and I'll go uh, third place, the Cubs at 78 and 84. Crazy to think this team, I mean, people considered them, you know, the next dynasty. And all of a sudden now we here we're talking about the Cubs being middle of the pack in a very bad NL Central. I mean, respectfully, of course, but NL Central is not very good. And uh, I have them at 78 and 84. They were all right last year. I think they went 34 and 26, if my memory serves me correct. Um, they uh, lost you Darvish. That's tough. You know, the Padres, your Padres getting you Darvish. Um, they got Zach Davies back. And I think Zach Davies is good. He's pretty solid. It's a, it's a decent um, replacement for Darvish. I mean, you're not going to be able to exactly replace someone like you Darvish, who's a front of the line starter. But uh, they did their best there. And uh, Anthony Rizzo, he's going to be pretty solid. I think he'll he'll bounce back a little bit. Uh, Jock Peterson has been fantastic this spring. He's gonna he's gonna come down to earth, but I think he'll be a very good bat for them. If they were to go far, you know, maybe make the playoffs, he he would be very important, very clutch in the postseason. A lot of experience there. I don't like Javier Baez. You know, I I think he's a very very meh hitter, below average hitter, good glove. Um, what is Chris Bryant going to do? That's a big question with me. I think I really wonder about the Cubs because if this team hits their ceiling, they can actually be very good and will probably take the division. I just, I don't know. Are, are they going to do it? I'm, I'm actually very curious to watch this Cubs team this year. Uh, they could be very good, but I have them in third place. And in second place, this could be a bit of a surprise to people, but I've got the Cardinals uh, at, and then I have them going 81 and 81. The Cardinals outfielder is young, but it's pretty mediocre. Um, I don't think it's that great of an outfield. The infield is very good, however. You've got Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Paul DeYoung, and obviously the new acquisition, Nolan Arenado. I'll give some love to Yadier Molina at the catcher position, too. Uh, very good infield. Nolan Arenado, I mean, if you think about it, that's a bat they really need. Obviously, Paul Goldschmidt fantastic bat but Nolan Arenado is just he's gonna be that guy in St. Louis they're gonna welcome him with open arms you know the baseball culture in St. Louis is terrific he's gonna be great but uh I don't think the team is gonna be so great I mean they'll be they'll be 500 I don't think they're gonna be as good as some people think they're gonna be very good bullpen uh you know you got Giovanni Gallegos Andrew Miller Alex Reyes Tyler Webb uh, uh you got uh, Jordan Hicks uh he, he's really good. I, you know, big arm. Uh, but I think the Cardinals are a pretty average team at the end of the day. They got some pieces, but I think I got them in second place. And uh, in first place, a game ahead of the Cardinals, I got the Brewers at 82 and 80. I mean, that's they've got some outfield depth and they have got a terrific bullpen, at least with Josh Hader and Devin Williams. I really like Josh Hader this year. I think he's going to be the best reliever in baseball. Uh, and and Devin Williams, I mean, that that's an unbelievable bullpen. You're, you're not going to get a hit off them, you know, eighth inning, ninth inning. You're, you're locked down. Uh, but, you know, you think about the Brewers, say you got Woodruff goes seven, then you go Williams, Hader, that's electric. Maybe, maybe the best in baseball. I mean, unbelievable. I don't know how any lineup will be able to touch that. Um, you know, that could shut down the Dodgers. It, that's good. You add Colton Wong. It's just a, it's a very good defense. Uh, and then, you know, the top of the rotation is really good. You, you know, Corbin Burns, uh, got to give him some love too. Brandon, you know, Brandon Wilder is good, but he, he's also very good, Corbin Burns. And uh, 
you know, I, I like this Brewers team. I think Keston here is really, he's, he's really bad with a glove, but I think he's really good with the bat. And uh, I think he could, he can be very good. Maybe 30 home runs this year, somewhere in that range. Uh, he could be a true star. I like the Brewers in a weak division. Uh, taking the NL Central. Interesting, interesting. I think for sake of time and certain entertainment, I won't spend too much time on the Pirates. They're bad. They're going to be in fifth place. I have them at 60 and 102. I have a write-up if you care that much about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, that'll be up on the blog. Let's start in fourth place because that's really this is a four-man race. And I have the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I mean, don't let the fourth place finish fool you. I think they're legitimate contenders for the for the division. They lost the Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer. They still have legit rotation options in Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. As well as some possible breakout candidates like TJ Antone and Tyler Molly. Bullpen, they lost Rysel Iglesias and Archie Bradley this offseason, but added Sean Doolittle, uh, Cam Pedrosian, and briefly Noe Ramirez before he uh, was released and rejoined the Angels. Uh, since he lined up, they had big expectations in 2020, fell flat in the end. Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, Eugenio Suarez, obvious bounce-back candidates. Uh, it'll take, you know, a resurgence from Joey Votto, a massive leap forward for Nick Senzel and Shogu Akiyama for this Reds offense to generate that legit hype. Reds are a team that in many ways I think are similar to the Brewers, but they don't have game changers quite like Christian Yelich or Josh Hader. So, I mean, whether Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo remains with the team after the July 1st, 31st deadline will be a story to definitely follow up on. So Reds, uh, fourth place, third place, uh, right at 581-81, I have the Chicago Cubs. They're at a crossroads for the 2021 season. The rotation, they lost stalwart John Lester, Cy Young candidate Hugh Darvish, left them. They got the soft tossers, Cal Hendricks and Zach Davies, a pairing meant to be. Then you got a bunch of wild cards, Jake Arrieta, Alec Mills, Shelby Miller maybe. Bullpen, not flashy outside of Craig Kimbrell, but they do have some arms, I will say. Brandon Workman, Andrew Chafin, that could impress a little bit. The offense still has a lot of the elements of that World Series lineup. They have Chris Bryant, what's he going to do? Anthony Rizzo, possibly his last year in Chicago. Javi Baez, all, all three of those guys said to be free agents. Wilson Contreras, Jason Hayward. I think Ian Happ, he's an under-the-radar guy that can hit. Uh, Jock Peterson, he's a can't-miss home run hitter kind of guy. The lineup counts there, but the Cubs, I think they're going to struggle to navigate 162 games with that pitching staff. So I think 81 and 81 third in the division is perfectly fitting. Number two, first change for us, I have the Milwaukee Brewers. They were the last team to qualify for the expanded postseason in 2020. They have the tools to win the division. I think it's just a matter of certain key guys stepping up. Woodruff, he's continuously improved, one of the better power pitchers in the game. Corbin Burns broke out in 2020. Then you get guys like Josh Limblum, uh, Adrian Hauser, and Brett Anderson that could post, you know, find a way to post sub four near four ERA. Penn, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, best reliever duo in baseball. And they always find a way to get it done on the pitching side. Someone we're not thinking of is going to uh, really turn it up. The fate lies in the offense. Christian Yelich, he had a rough 2020. I'm not concerned about that. I think he'll bounce back. Kesting here really needs to take a step forward at the plate. He's not going to give you anything with the glove. Needs to needs to really hit his offensive potential for this team to get going. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, I think he needs a little bit of a vintage season. 
and whoever's playing shortstop, if it's Orlando or Sierra, Luis Sirius, they need to they need to hit diesel. So, like I said, I think they can win the division and go to the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they get it done. I just prefer the Cardinals a little more. So I have the Brewers at 86 and 76. My division winners, I have the St. Louis Cardinals at 91 and 71. I think this is the most uh, open division in the sport. You know, large part due to the acquisition of Arenado. I'm taking St. Louis. The rotation, I'm a big fan of. I love Jack Flaherty. I don't think his 2020 numbers tell the story of how freaking good he is. Behind Flaherty, you got the I've said Ageless Wonder a couple times. Another one, Adam Wainwright. Big fan of lefty uh, Kwang Hyun Kim, as well as right-hander Miles Michaelis. And then on top of the rotation, they got a stable arms of guys in the bullpen, Giovanni Gallegos, Andrew Miller. And then they got some fireballers, Jordan Hicks and Alex Reyes. Lineup-wise, it gets exponentially better when you add a talent like Nolan Arenado. Across the diamond from Arenado, you got Slugger Paul Goldschmidt. Then I think there's a herd of high potential guys. You got Paul DeYoung, uh, utility guy Tommy Edmond, San Diego native, as well as rookie Dylan Carlson. Uh, well, te- by eligibility standards, rookie Dylan Carlson. The loss of Colton Wong at second base it hurts, but I don't think it's devastating lineup wise. Uh, I'd be remiss not to mention the ageless, the other ageless wonder, that being Yadier Molina. I just think this is a quality ball club. I think. Uh, you know, a strong season from those stars, Flaherty, Arenado, Goldschmidt, um, maybe a little surprise production from someone in the outfield. The outfield definitely isn't, you know, the strongest, but I think they have enough to get that division title. So NL Central, it's uh, it's going to be something to look at. I think, honestly, you know, whether it be uh, the Cardinals, Brewers, maybe somehow the Cubs or the Reds, I'm really interested to see what the magic number is that wins the division, I think. I mean, really, it could just be a couple games above 500 that gets it done. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, and then we'll move on to the NL West. Uh, well, I'll keep it quick with the uh, Rockies in fifth place. Uh, not too shocking. I mean, you traded Nolan Arenado. Again, cheap ownership. I don't even know if this is necessarily cheap ownership, more so dumb ownership. Uh, maybe a mix of both, uh, you know, the Rockies, I mean, it, you know, it's just, it's a shame, uh, you know, Trevor Story, he's, he's probably playing his last year in Colorado, um, Trevor Blackman's good, but I mean, Herman Marquez, very underrated, but other than that, you know, John Gray, he's all right, uh, it's, it's an okay bullpen, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the Rockies too much, I got them 62 and 100, uh, last in the NL West, and you know they're going to get beat up by the Dodgers and Padres all the time. So that's that. Uh, fourth place, I got the Diamondbacks. Again, I'll keep it quick. You know, you got Eduardo Escobar, David Peralta, Catel Marte, Cole Calhoun. That's good. Madison Bumgarner is he going to bounce back? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, it, it's it's unfortunate Zach Gallen got hurt swinging a bat, and I think he was. I don't know if it was batting practice or in a game. I mean, that's just an issue. It's a shame. He's one of the most talented pitchers in the game. That's tough to see Zach Gallon go down with an injury, just swinging a bat. He'll be okay, I think, pretty soon. But nonetheless, it's just it's an issue with baseball. Anyway, uh, you know, before I, you know, go about the universal D, go on a rant about the universal DH, I'll end it at the Diamondbacks are going 72 and 90. And um, third place, I got the Giants at 78 and 84. Uh, I'll start with Buster Posey didn't play last year. 
how will he do this year? He's obviously not the key to their team, but I am very interested to see how Buster Posey does this year. Obviously, you're not going to see that much from him. He's 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 old. It's it's unfortunate. He used to love Buster Posey. Still do. It's just he's uh, not that great. Um, I love the addition of Tommy Lestella, you know, former Angel legend. Treated the A's. That one sucked last year, but I'm I'm very, you know, I'm glad to see him with the Giants. I don't mind the Giants. I think he'll do pretty solid there. Kevin Gosman is poised to replicate his 2020 season. I think he'll be very good. Um, and then Yaskremski, you know, he's he's very good, you know, good bat, solid glove. Giants, pretty good. Unfortunately, you have the Dodgers and Padres who will be beating up on you. And uh, I'll get into the second place Padres at 93 and 69. Keep it pretty short here because I know you'll have some words for the Padres. So I'll leave it at um, I love their offseason, the aggressiveness of AJ Preller, incredible front office. You are, you know, putting you're, you're you're putting a championship caliber team around Fernando Tatis. I mean, obviously, he's not the main reason why you're building a championship contender, but he's going to win in his career. And I love to see that, you know, Fernando Tatis, he's a treasure. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad to see that he's going to be winning in his career. Uh, so I got the Padres at 93 and 69. I'm sure you'll hear more about the Padres soon from Jeremy. And in first place, I got the Dodgers, the reigning World Series champions. Somehow got better. They do it every year. They somehow get better. It's unbelievable. The lineup is great. The pitching is great. The bullpen is great. The farm system is great. Obviously, the farm system has nothing to do with this year, but everything about this organization is great. You have Gavin Lux. He's going to play second base. I like Gavin Lux a lot. Shout Good out hitter. to Sweeney. Yeah. Um, I think the game with the Dodgers is do they get to 100 wins or not? That, that's, really what, that's really what they'll be playing for. They're obviously going to make the playoffs. Um, incredible team, you know. The, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they're, they're great. 99 and 63. Yep. Well, we've made it to what I would consider my stomping grounds at the cellar, the Colorado Rockies. I have it 69. Nice. And uh, 93. There's, uh, I mean, look, they just paid tons of money and got little in return for their superstar third baseman. Even with Arenado, I couldn't imagine being too bullish on them. They, they like everything. Uh, Marquez, he's a legit arm that for the times trapped at Coors Field. Then you got, you know, some upside, but question marks with Senzatella, Kyle Freeland, uh, John Gray, and the newly acquired Austin Gomber. Daniel Bard, awesome story. He isn't a bad pitcher by any means, but that bullpen as a whole, pretty weak. They were, you know, they were once the crown jewel of the league, the Rockies offense, but you got Trevor Story still there, but he's an, an impending free agent. Charlie Blackman, he's there. And then after that, there's nobody. I mean, CJ Crone could be a decent addition, but I don't, I'm not excited about players like Ryan Meltapia and Ryan McMahon or Sam Hillier. Uh, how Jeff Bridich still has a job amazes me. This is a bad team. I hope Jeff Bridich keeps his job forever. Fourth, Arizona Diamondbacks have at 75 and 87. I think they were pegged as a sleeper team by a lot of people in 2020. They ended up going to sleep themselves. 25 and 35 last year. They were fifth last year in the NLS. I don't have them there in 2021, but there's just not a lot to like. Zach Gallen, he's a budding ace. You mentioned the injury, however. Rest of the rotation, a lot to be desired. Uh, Caleb Smith, 
Luke Weaver, Luke Weaver, Merrill Kelly, all meh. Uh, Madison Bumgarner clearly passed his prime at this point. I, I really don't see it. I don't think he's going to phase any premier hitters. Bullpen, pretty bare. Uh, upside in the lineup, I suppose. Cattell Marte was great in 2019 before subpar 2020. David Peralta, you know, he has the ability to mash. Then I, I mean, who doesn't love speedster Tim LaCastro? You're a monster if you don't love Tim LaCastro. D-backs, they're developing a top far, the top-level farm system, but I don't, I don't see a great year for Arizona on the horizon. Then third, got the San Francisco Giants. Uh, definitely a tail off between the top two teams to number three. The Giants are another team that always outperform their expectations, but uh, you know, it's an odd year, so take that as you will. I wouldn't get my hopes up too much for San Fran, but look, they barely missed out on the playoffs in 2020. A lot of upside. They have Kevin Gosman back as the top uh rotation piece. You have some intriguing options like Aaron Sanchez, Anthony DeSclafani, the immortal Johnny Cueto. So it's not necessarily a super exciting uh, rotation, but the Giants, they have a strong bullpen. They got sidewinder Tyler Rogers, someone that I'm a big fan of, breakout player to watch. Uh, lineup definitely exceeded expectations in 2020. Added, uh, I think, someone that both Noah and I love in utility man, Tommy LaStella. Still waiting on Mikey Stremski and Donovan Solano to come down to earth and got Buster Posey back in after opting out last year. Young guns like Mauricio Dubon, Joey Bart, uh, Elliot Ramos, they all bring, you know, just more intrigue to, in total, a super intriguing Giants team. Then you got the top two, San Diego Padres, I have at number two, at 95 and 67, which is good for a wild card berth. I could do a whole, I mean, I did do a whole podcast on the San Diego Padres. If you didn't listen, uh, check that out a couple of episodes back with Aiden Sasson. Phenomenal. Uh I expect another division title for the Dodgers, but the Padres, I think they're a top three, maybe top two team in baseball. They're just in the division with number one. Rather than mope about that, A.J. Prelihue's aggressive added tons and tons of pitching, took advantage of a buyer's market, got you Darvish, got Blake Snell, got Joe Musgrove. Those three, plus Chris Paddock, uh, Adrian Morahone, Denelson Lamette working back from injury, top prospect McKenzie Gore. That, that's an elite rotation. Bullpen's still good. They lost Kirby Yates and Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, still plenty of arms. Then the lineup, you got fresh off a $340 million payday. Fernando Tatis Jr. lets to continue to play his transcendent baseball. But you got Manny Machado, Trent Grisham, Jay Cronenworth, Will Myers, all looking about off of big 20, 20 years. I think uh, strong seasons from veterans, Tommy Pham and Eric Cosmer, as well as maybe a little smart spark from the newly acquired uh, utility man, Hasyung Kim. That would just make this fire team ridiculous. I think they can, I think, you know, they'll challenge the Dodgers in the season series, but I don't think they'll win the division. And then winning the division, the Dodgers. Uh, they lost Jock Peterson and Kike Hernandez, but those are guys that they can replace very easily. They brought back Justin Turner and casually added the Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer, Rich Get Richer. That rotation, I mean, you got Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, uh, uh, on top of Trevor Bauer, uh, Dustin May, David Price, Tony Gonsolin, all of those guys are going to be getting start. Two of those guys are going to be from the bullpen. I think it's going to be Price and Gonsolin to start. That depth, that's crazy. That's what you need for the 162 games. These top two teams, the Padres and the Dodgers, have shown that that's very important. While, uh, you know, that means Bauer might not get his wish, his wish of starting on short rest. Offense for the Dodgers, largely the same. 
Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, the outfielders headlining a deep lineup. Look for Gavin Luck to establish himself as the everyday second baseman, garnering some NL Rookie of the Year hype. Dodgers, I have them going over 100 wins. I have them at 105 and 57. This is the clear on paper, and I think it'll show up when they play best team in baseball. But with that being said, uh, we're going to move on to October because anything can happen in October. So um, let's see. Do we want to start in the NL or the AL? Uh, well, I, you can choose. We'll uh, go, how about we go AL? Let's do AL. Uh, so what do you have for the wild card matchup? So for the wild card matchup, I've got the Twins versus the Rays. And, uh, you know, that would be interesting. And um, should, I, should I go ahead and should I just go ahead and move on with the playoffs or? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you can just go through all of it. And then I've got a, I've got the Rays beating the Twins in the wild card. I think, you know, I, I'm sorry, Minnesota fans, but I just I see another postseason loss. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, uh, he's very good. I, I think Tyler Glasnow has what, has what it takes to win a wild card game. Uh, you'd imagine the Twins would be throwing Kenta Maeda at the um, race. And I, I talked about Kenta Maeda earlier. I think he's going to have a little bit of a step back. So I got the um, Rays moving in, moving on to the ALDS. And then in the ALDS, I have the Yankees beating the Rays in four. Um, you know, the Yankees are the far superior team to the Rays. I'm not going to go, you know, we already talked about these two teams. Basically, the Yankees are better than the Rays. Uh, I'll, I'll end at that. And uh, this is a very intriguing matchup, White Sox and Astros. That would be a fun series. But I have the White Sox beating the Astros in five. I think, um, you know, White Sox, ultimately the rotation would win them that series. I mean, by that time down the road, Framber Valdez would probably be back for the Astros. Nonetheless, better pitching. Pitching wins in the postseason. And in the ALCS, I have the White Sox over the Yankees in seven. An upset White Sox going to the World Series. By this point, Elo Jimenez is back. His bat is producing in that lineup once again. And if they can get that bat back, and you know they were succeeding without him, and then they get that bat back, they can definitely go to the World Series. That's what I like. Interesting, interesting. Uh, wild card-wise, you and I are same, same wavelength. I have the Rays over the Twins. I like the Twins. They just don't – they they refuse to win in the postseason. I, I, I rode them a little bit when I did uh, my postseason predictions last year. Uh, so I'm, I'm not I – can't, I can't do it with the Twins. I'm taking the Rays. Uh, ALDS, I, have, I think the Yankees will take care of the Rays in four. The Rays have arms across the board, but they, this is where losing Charlie Morton and Blake Snow really hurts against the big, bad, bad Yankees. The Rays can maybe steal a game, but the Yankees show up. They don't even need to play a fifth game. Uh, other ALDS, I also have Astros, White Sox, but I have the Astros winning. The White Sox have that nice front three rotation, and I agree with the sentiment that pitching wins in the postseason, but experience matters just as much, and there's no team as battle-tested as this Houston Astros club. And they always turn it up a notch. It'll take big performances, I think, on both sides of the ball, uh, pitching and hitting for Chicago to really pull this out. I think Carlos Correa might be his last postseason with the Astros. Uh, He'll be at the forefront of an offensive onslaught for Houston. Astros over White Sox in four. The ALCS, we didn't see him play last year. Uh, 
this newfound rivalry, the New York Yankees and the Houston Astros, uh, two potent offenses. I think the key factor is pitching, which the Yankees have the advantage in. Last time these two teams played, uh, Garrett Cole was an Astro. You know, he flips over to the Yankees. Obviously, there are a lot more corresponding moves. But from, you know, just a simple perspective, the Yankees are going to have the advantage there. You know, I don't know about how deep they are in terms of quality. I think, you know, the regular season will give clarity on that. But you got Garrett Cole throwing multiple games. I think think the Yankees have the upper hand. Last time they played, it ended with the oldest Chapman staring at Jose Altuve, (laughs) walk-off game seven. I think the Bronx Bombers blitz the Astros, not don't even let them get to seven Yankees winning six. So I got the Yankees winning the AL pennant. Let's move on to the NL wildcard game. Uh, so my NL wildcard game is going to be the Padres and Mets. And unfortunately, I don't think there is a better team in a one game wildcard series than the New York Mets. You know, you have Jacob DeGrom thrown at you, and Jacob DeGrom, I mean, you don't have to explain him. He is lights out. He can shut down a Padres lineup. He can go He can go up to eight innings, and then you have Edwin Diaz shut the door. It's not to disrespect the Padres lineup. It's just simply the fact that Jacob DeGrom will shut them down. They won't score in a wildcard series against Jacob DeGrom, in a wildcard game against Jacob DeGrom. And, um, you know, the Padres, I think they'd probably send Blake Snell to the mound. He, he's just as good, and I can understand why people would think that the Mets would do the typical Mets of the last, like, three years and just not give Jacob DeGrom run support. I can, I can see that, too. But, uh, you know, I think this Mets team is, is, you know, they would win a wild card game, regardless of who they're playing. I think they could beat the Dodgers in the wild card game, honestly. And then, um, but in a series... I have the Dodgers over the Mets actually in three. Jacob DeGrom probably would maybe be able to pitch a game three situation. Um, maybe, he'd, I, maybe he'd pitch like game two. But, uh, you know, I think the Dodgers would sweep the Mets. They'd make light work of them. Much better team, you know, in a, in a five-game series. And then I have the Braves over the Brewers in four. Uh, that'd be a very interesting series, but I think – Maybe the Brewers could take a game one with Woodruff on the mound, but then the Braves would show they're the better team and they'd win four. And that would set up a Braves, Dodgers, NLCS once again. And I think the Braves would want revenge and it'd be a tough task, but I think the Braves can knock out the Dodgers and I think they'll do it in six. And having Mike Soroka back will be you know, that will be incredible for the Braves in a, in a playoff series against someone like the Dodgers. And we know how baseball is. Uh, there's not really repeat champions, and that doesn't mean that the Dodgers might not go back to the World Series, but I really see them getting knocked out. It, it, well, sorry, if a team is going to knock them out, it's probably going to be the Atlanta Braves. So I have the Braves beating the Dodgers in six. And then that sets up a World Series of well, no, stop, I'll stop. I was, I was, I got ahead of myself. I got ahead of myself. I'll, I'll stop there. No worries, no worries. Uh, we have the same wild card: Padres hosting the Mets. And you said the Mets, in theory, they're one of the best suited teams for a one-game series. Shake a big on the mound; it's a big advantage. 
But I look, this is a great Padres lineup. I think they can work his pitch count and try to get Luis Rojas to the bullpen as soon as possible, more so than them being able to really hit him well. I think when that happens, that's when the Padres can really pounce and go off offensively. Whether it's Blake Snell or you Darvish, I think the Padres, they're going to have a stud on the mound. And when it comes down to it, I tend to trust the Padres' bullpen more than the Mets' bullpen. And look, the Mets seemingly always find a way to choke. So I'm, I'm doing the Homer thing. I'm taking the Padres. Uh, riding that wave. Why not? San Diego Padres, let's win the LD, or NLDS series. I got the Padres over the Dodgers in five. Uh, they're very similar teams. They're really nearly identical. The pitching, I think it's almost dead even. Both got star-studded rotations, talented bullpens. Dodgers, they might have a slight offensive edge, but the Padres have transcended talents in Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. That can flip, that can flip the switch just like Betts, Bellinger, and Co. Dodgers, they got their World Series in 2020. They're facing a stiff NLDS opponent in San Diego. I'm making the homer pick. I'm seeing the Dodgers go back to their choking ways. I have my friars advancing to the NLCS in five. Uh, opposite side, you got the winners of the East and the Central, respectively. I think this will be a, a good series. Uh, the Braves, probably the better team. The Cardinals, they always come to play in October. I'm a fan of the Cardinals pitching, namely Jack Flaherty and Kwon Hyun Kim, but I also really like Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, and the Braves offense more. Atlanta, uh, they won't let it get to a game five. Last time we went to a game five, it was, what, 13-1. to one. The Cardinals won and moved on. I'm going with this theme of that past trauma for a lot of these teams. It's just not even happening. Braves win in four. Sets up Acuna versus Tatis in the NLCS. Sign me up. I think the Padres have a slight upper hand in the pitching department, but the Braves' offense can get super hot. Padres have several guys that have been uh, on deep postseason runs. You got Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Eric Hosmer. But I think the team as a whole, pretty young and inexperienced. Braves' heartbreaking NLCS loss last year. I think they'll be on a mission to get it by this year. Uh, Dodgers, Sears, I think it's going to take a lot out of the Padres. So Braves take advantage of that. Beat the Padres in six games. World Series, and here we are. Same, or no, 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 no. I, I yeah. go ahead with you. Let's let's go to the World Series. Tell me what you got in the World Series. Well, in the World Series, I uh, got the Braves over the White Sox. I have the Braves winning it all, and uh, I I think the Braves are are really, you know, it, it's a it's heartbreaking that they did not make the World Series last year. I really thought they were going to, and I think uh, Freddie Freeman, you know. I'm not saying it would it would be his last year as a Brave. It, it can be. But, uh, you know, if, if Freddie Freeman's going to go out, he's going to go out a champion with the Braves. He's, you know, he's been there through it all. And I don't think it would, you know, it would make everyone happy to see Freddie Freeman win with the Braves, whether he left after that year or stayed. It would just be great to see Freddie Freeman win it all. I think the Braves, you know, the White, the White Sox would be worn down at this point you know, playing the, you know, playing the um, Astros and then the Yankees. I mean, that would tire them out, you know, have them going five and then seven. The Braves would just overwhelm them. And I think the Braves win in five. I agree with your entire sentiment. Obviously we have different uh, American league champions. Uh, and look, this was my world series matchup beginning last year. Didn't come to fruition. I'll try again. Both really good offense for the Braves Yankees. Yankees have the best overall pitcher, Garrett Cole, but I think maybe the Braves have the advantage in the total rotation. It's a coin flip. I think both teams are phenomenal, but 
but I think the Braves are just slightly better suited in pitching category deep into a series. And I love what you said about Freddie Freeman. He's an, he's an impending free agent, at least as of now. Uh, first baseman Freddie Freeman comes up clutch, biggest series of his 10-plus year career in Atlanta, captures World Series MVP, becomes a World Series champion. I would I would be totally satisfied with that as a World Series. I have uh, Braves over Yankees in six. So that is that in terms of teams. Uh, we got to quickly, got to run through the award and stat predictions, though, because, uh, you know, what's a good season without the personal accolades? Uh, so we'll start off with the MVP awards. Uh, so in the AL, I'll go, I'll go three to one. I'll keep it quick. Uh, third, my, my uh, runner-up, or my third, I guess my second runner-up for AL MVP would be, will be Matt Chapman. Um, I think he's going to be very good. I don't think the A's are going to be that great, but I think Matt Chapman is going to have his best year ever. You know, good defense, good bat, going to hit a lot of home runs. People like home runs in baseball. So he'll get MVP votes. Two, I got Jose Ramirez. Um, you know, some argue was robbed of the AL MVP last year. He was. You know? Yeah, he was. He probably was. We'll say some argue, though. And, uh, you know, he he's very good. I mean, I, he hit a home run today in the exhibition game. That doesn't mean much. I'm just, you know, he's, he's constantly locked in. This dude's incredible. And he's just, I mean, and I'll be interested to see what Cleveland does with him. I know I'm kind of going off track, but I, I, I got him, I got him to an AL MVP, great player and one AL MVP, you know, I'm going to go easy here. I'm going to take the pick. You know, I'm an Angels fan. I feel I have to do it. Mike Trout's going to win another MVP. You know, when you have someone who has, you know, he, he was, he was incredible last year. He hit 17 home runs over, I think about 52 games and he sells himself. I had a bad year last year. You know, he's just, he's incredible. And I think Mike Trout is, you know, we're going to talk 40 home runs We're you know, I think Mike Trout's going to have an incredible year. I like him winning the AL MVP. Totally fair. Totally fair. Number three, I got George Springer center fielder for Toronto Blue Jays. I wrote a whole article about this guy. Uh, if you haven't read it, you should read it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll link it in the description if I remember by the time this is posted. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year in Toronto. Uh, I don't know if it's phenomenal enough to carry the pitching, but I think he's going to be really good. Uh, second place, I got Mike Trout. I think, you know, he's the clear favorite. I think he's going to be phenomenal. The fact that he acted like last year was a bad year for him just speaks to how good he is and the expectation that he's held to. Uh, but for winning the AL MVP, and I think this kind of goes along with my prediction for his team, I have Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Uh, his sole full season in 2017, 155 games, uh, he was phenomenal. He should have won MVP, no, no questions. I think he should have won MVP based on the stats against Altuve, the factor in some of the cheating. He should, have, he should have been the MVP, end of story. I think Aaron Judge, if he's healthy, the Yankees are winning. It's going to be because he's playing at that uh, high level. So I have Judge winning the AL MVP. Uh, but, I mean, obviously Mike Trout's always that safe pick. I, I love the Judge pick. You know, if he stays healthy, he is unbelievable. But uh, I'll move to NL MVP. On uh, third NL, or NL MVP, I'll go Ronald Acuna. Um. He is incredible. I mean, I, I feel like I use the word incredible for all these guys, but it's, you know, they're, they're incredible. all incredible. They're, I get they're it. all incredible. They're all just, they're, they're so fun to watch. 
uh, Ronald Acuna, good with the glove, good with the bat, um, a difference maker for Atlanta. I'll go him. Uh, I have him at three in my NL MVP. Uh, and then I have the runner-up being Corey Seager. I think he takes his postseason success into this year. He's playing like a new version of himself. I mean, he's playing unbelievable, and I think that he's gonna he's gonna take that success and um, unbelievable hitter. All you know, he just hits to all parts of the field. Plays good. He's a good glove at shortstop. Just, just a, a phenomenal player. And, uh, but my NL MVP has got to be Juan Soto. I mean, this dude hits for days. He's, he, he hits, hits, and he does not stop hitting. Um, the defense is iffy, but your defense doesn't matter if you can hit, you know, up to 45 home runs a year with 100. I mean, I've seen projections of him up to 140 RBI. Just unbelievable, unbelievable hitter. He can hit in the 300s. I mean, this is looking far forward, but he can, you know, maybe be one of the best hitters ever. I, I really like this guy. Is, you know, I really like Juan Soto. So fun to watch. So energetic. Good for the game of baseball. He's my NL MVP. So for me, uh, looking at the top three, number three, I have Mookie Betts. He has three top three MVP finishes in, in his career. I like that track record. I think he's going to be great again uh, in his second year for the Dodgers. I hope I'm wrong, but uh he, he's going to be that catalyst for a really good Dodgers team. Two, I got Ronald Acuna. Um, he's, look, I have his team winning the World Series. I think that's largely because of him having success. You know, last year, Freddie Freeman was the one that won MVP. Uh, last full season, though, Acuna was super, super, super close to a 40-40 year. Um, I think, you know, we could see we could see him get close to something like that. And then the winner, someone who is going to be compared to Juan's or compared to Ronald Acuna for all of his career, these two guys, it's Juan Soto. He's ascended to arguably the best pure hitter in all of baseball. Would have had MVP hype in 2020 if he didn't have a positive COVID test. Uh, say what you want about the you know relevance of those stats, but he's a guy that I think could win like a triple crown. I think he's going to dominate any stat, any metric, whether it be, you know, Juan Soto is just ridiculous. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. We can move on to Cy Young. I'll uh, keep it quick with the Cy Youngs here. I got Shane Bieber at two, and uh, I got Lucas Giolito at one. Um, Lucas Giolito, just a fantastic strikeout pitcher, fantastic at limiting the home runs. I mean, you you can go on and on about Lucas Giolito. Unbelievable pitcher. He's going to be vital of a White Sox success. I love Lucas Giolito. Just, you know, going to keep it quick. Yeah. So A.O. Young, I hit nail on the head last year. I took Shane Bieber. I'm going to do it again. He, he, look, he was just phenomenal, I think. There's no reason for me to believe that he won't repeat. I have Garrett Cole as the runner-up. Runner up. He had a sub-three area last year, and like I said, some Yankee fans thought it was disappointing. I think he'll be right up there. Um, two best pitchers in the A.L. in my mind. Uh, heading over to the NL, I'll go Walker Buehler as the runner-up. Um, you know, some can argue. I, I, I believe he's the best pitcher on the Dodgers. I really do. Um, so he'll be the runner-up. I, I see him as a runner-up. And the winner, you know, I'm, I'm going easy with these award picks, but you can't bet against Jacob DeGrom, you know. It is, you know, I mean, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, he's, you know, this, he, his first, like, spring bullpen, he was hitting, like, 99 or something. Dude's, dude's a freak. He's unbelievable. It's crazy. 
crazy arm. Wicked. Yeah, no doubt. So I have it inverse. Uh, Walker Bueller, he was my Cy Young in MVP pick for 2020. <laughs> wasn't quite – he wasn't bad, but he wasn't top of the league good quite. I think he's going to do it. He's going to have a full season. Yeah, the Dodgers have crazy depth that might limit his innings, but I think he's going to have some really gaudy stats. Uh, and then I have Jacob DeGrom as the runner-up. He's not going to bow out easily. If you're, if you're a betting man, you put your money on Jacob DeGrom. He still, in my mind, best pitcher in baseball. Uh, so he should be squarely in the hunt for the Cy Young as well. Then, uh, let's see, we got the Rookie of the Year. Um, I'll go runner-up for the AL Rookie of the Year, Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, dude hits grand slams. I feel like anytime he hits a home run, it just happens to be a grand slam. Unbelievable. Uh, and I'll go with the winner, Randy Rosarina. He's obviously not going to be as good as he was in the World Series and whole postseason but um, he's eligible to win rookie of the year. And I think that he's just, he's an easy pick. He'll, he'll be good this year. He'll probably take the award. Yeah. I got uh, I got Randy Rosarina as the runner up. I think he's going to be really good. Um, it's hard to see exactly what he's going to do in a full year, but the talents there, he's a safe pick, but I think arguably the even safer pick is Nick Madrigal second baseman for the Chicago White Sox. Padre, I'm a massive fan of Jake Cronenworth. I think, you know, there's a lot of him and Nick Madrigal. He's even more of a pure contact hitter. He's going to get on base at a high clip. Um, an award that's really hard, uh, really tough to project. I'm going to take the guy that I think is going to hit. You know, he's going to be hitting around 300 and get consistent at-bats for a good team. I uh, love contact hitting second baseman. Sec- contact hitting second baseman is the name of this podcast. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I'm rookie of the year. I'll uh, run her up to Brian Hayes. Um, it's going to be about the only reason you should turn on a Pittsburgh Pirates game. Other than that, you know, no disrespect to the Pittsburgh Pirates, but there's not much to watch there other than Brian Hayes and, and a few others. Uh, there's a few others going there. And I got the rookie of the year winner in the NL, Sixto Sanchez. Uh, you know, I, I, I like his stuff. I think Sixto is... You know, he, he, he dominated in the postseason last year, and I, I, w- I want to see him take that into a full season, and I think he can, and I think he'll, uh, he'll get the rookie of the year. So for me, my runner-up, I, st- I have a different uh, NLE starting pitcher. I have Ian Anderson. He, he was thrown into a big role uh, very early on, and he was just phenomenal in those high-leverage situations. I think he's going to keep progressing and become one of those better pitchers in the sport. And our rookie of the year. He was my pick last year, still has the eligibility. It's Dylan Carlson. Uh, showed some flashes of greatness. I think he's going to be a big part of the Cardinals winning the Central. So he's my pick for the awards. And then we can close this off with a quick rundown of some stat leaders. We can just go back and forth. Uh, who do you have your as your ERA champ? Um, I have Josh Hader because I believe I was allowed to put a bullpen guy here, so I put Josh Hader. Totally fair. Uh I I went I was looking at more starting pitching. I I said Shane Bieber, but I think uh totally fair. Yeah, I I went, I went a little nice with Josh Hader on the uh, on whip too. I actually had him as my whip leader. I just kind of you know I I really like Josh Hader. I I really yeah. like him this year. Yeah, uh, whip I got Garrett Cole at a zero point nine one. Uh, saves. Uh, saves. You know Josh Hader. I mean, you can kind of you can kind of guess that. I I I I won't have Josh Hader for average. I can promise that. Uh, but I, I do have Josh Hader for saves as well. Uh, saves, I had Liam Hendricks. Uh, I have him at 38 for the White Sox. Uh, and then we got, of course, the most important stat, average. Well, 
how can I uh, pick an uh, a batting champ without saying David Fletcher at a? I got him at three nineteen. I mean, you know, you you basically you basically put that in there for me to put David Fletcher. I feel like, you know, <laughs> you got you got to put David Fletcher there, man. Yeah, um, I got DJ LeMahieu in that. Uh, to- totally fair. There. I I, th- I think we're all rooting for David Fletcher. I just think DJ LeMahieu probably the safe pick. Uh, yeah, yeah, he I probably think, is. I think he can hit three thirty and win that batting title uh, on base. I got Mike Trout uh, again. You know, maybe going a little Angel fan there, but. You know, I mean, it's a fair pick. I got him at a uh, four nineteen. It's, I mean, it, it sounds like a crazy number, but it's something he does on a yearly basis almost. So, I got yeah. Mike at that. I got Juan Soto for on base. I think he's gonna have an astronomical number. I have him at like four forty. Yeah. Uh, OPS. In OPS, I actually got Juan Soto at a. Um, 1018,018. Uh, I I actually think Juan Soto will be crazy in on base percentage. And, uh, you know, he'll be incredible at slugging, too. I mean, some projections have him at, like, 1040 on at OPS. It's unbelievable. You know, he's – I mean, he's just going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm I even farther than some projections. I have him at 1094 OPS. I, I just – I'm all in on Juan Soto, uh, which leads to home runs. And home runs, I have Juan Soto at 46. I also have Juan Soto, but at 51. <laughs> I'm essentially just like the one, the like phenomenal Juan Soto projections, and I'm just like a bump, uh, bump up. Yeah. Uh, then we uh, got second base. Um, doubles. I got. Uh, I said second. Oh, I'm I'm too tired. Doubles. It's okay. It's okay. I doubles. I gotta take my guy Tony Two Bags at a uh, 39. You know, he got the nickname for a reason. Maybe going a little biased with the Angels here, but you know. No, I uh, I also I love Tony Two Bags, uh, Anthony Rendon for doubles leader, not second base. Um, I think he can get it done at possibly you know something. I think he can go crazy, something like fifty. Um, then you got triple. Triples, I got Kyle Tucker. You know, you got that ballpark. You got his speed. You got his bat. You know, we'll say six triples for Kyle Tucker. Yeah, uh, triples. I think for me, the safe picks Adalberto Mondesi. I mentioned his speed. He just flies. Um, I think he can get double digit triples. And then last but not least, uh, stolen base. Stolen base, you know, you got to go Adalberto Mondesi here. Uh, one of the fastest guys in baseball, the fastest guy, probably the fastest guy, but I'm, I'm not going to make a statement without knowing much, uh, you know, more. I mean, Buxton. Anyway, uh, 48 stolen bases for Adalberto Mondesi. So I'm going to 100% contradict my pick of Adalberto Mondesi as leading triples <laughs> and saying he's super fast, and I'm going to take Ronald Acuna to lead stolen bases. Um, kind of as a troll, I have him at 39 stolen bases, just, just short of a 40, 40, possibly. Mm, Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. Um, that was a lot, but I think we got it all in, uh, and you know, I think we thought very similarly, but we also had some key differences with same world series winner, different AL pennant, different awards. I, I, I had a good time. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you have any shameless plugs, of course, before we go to mine? I'm good. Very, very, you love to see that in the year 2021. Uh, of course, though, the blog, the redshirt.blog or the redshirt.wixsite.com backslash home. Uh, that's where you find the blog. Instagram at the.redshirt. That's where I'm posting about the podcast, about the blogs. The Twitter at the redshirt blog. That's where I'm posting my knee jerk reactions on stuff like my heartbreak for the Oregon State Beavers losing in the elite eight 
Um, uh, other than that, I mean, I appreciate you guys listening. Noah, do you have any parting words before we get out of here? Um, I hope that uh, the Angels can stay healthy. That's about all I got. I hope the Angels are. Uh, I hope the, I hope we take the West over the Astros, and I hope we get my charter ring. Angels, Padres, let's do it for all. Uh, let's do it for the next ten years. How about that? Uh, yeah. World Series matchup. I'm game for that. Uh, and that will just about conclude this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.